I am a Bulls fan. Hello, and this is what uh, Itty Drumby Banter. Um, I'm Adam. I've been away for a couple of weeks. Apologies. Uh, one was doing a course, and the other one, parental responsibilities. Uh, Ben's not here, unfortunately. He's got family responsibilities, but thankfully, we're joined by many other people. Matt, um, what are your responsibilities? Are they to yourself and your missus at this stage? Um, yeah, but I'm also I'm dog sitting this weekend, so my responsibilities grew by two pit bulls. So I've got expanded responsibilities this week. Oh shit. Yeah, big bum line. And what are the purple's names? Uh, Bailey and Tucker. Bailey and Tucker. Those are pretty good purple names. No, I've heard purples are actually very friendly dogs, and these, they have they get a bad rap. Yeah, these are absolute babies. They are adorable. I mean, when they bark, they're <sighs> no, terrifying. I'm but melting the heart. But and that's the only yes. time. Good. So yeah. that's good. So I've got expanded uh, responsibilities. Oh, I see. Well, dogs are. I have a cat. Beyond obviously being a child, uh, dogs are a lot more work. So I, I wish you the best of luck. And I know you might have to leave us uh, as you're juggling girlfriend possible responsibilities. So before that happens, maybe how are you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm well, thanks. Um, managed to shirk most responsibilities, taking some early December leave. So very much enjoying the the freedom from most responsibilities. What's that like? I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a weekend, but knowing you can go through a weekend without having to check emails <laughs> on a Monday morning routine, it was a great feeling. Uh, it was nice not having to open a, a laptop today. Yes, yeah. Um, and for, for those of you who are not South African, when it comes to the 16th, which is a public holiday, the country generally shuts down uh, after the 16th. Do you guys know why the 16th is a public holiday? Fun fact. Sorry, Phil. It's I not the day of reconciliation. Yeah. It is, but why was it originally a... That is correct, but why was it Bat originally a public holiday? Battle of Blood River? Yeah, so racists, yes. racists made a pact. Ten points. To celebrate. Thank you. Pretty much. Day, every day. Every year. Yeah. There was just a famous battle in Boer folklore uh, where they survived against the odds. Blah, 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 blah. Ten yeah. points to Phil. Uh, Quizmaster reigning local rugby champion how, how are you phil i'm good thank you thank you for that introduction it's true um I, i'm worried you're going to do a three-peat but you also uh, won super rugby ao atara oh jesus christ <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> one <laughs> well, I, was, I was finally brave enough to try and i, I did not get it right but uh, are you on, are you on the three-peat Oh my God. I am, but I'm not feeling too confident about this one. I think I, half of my team, for some reason, is uh, Griquas, and they have a bye this weekend, so I'm not going to have a full team. Oh, sweet. So you did, you did very much the same strategy as I did. What? Yeah, it's just not looking good. I don't know why I did it. Yeah, they I'll, also haven't I'm, won I'm one match. Union. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Union favorite. So, yeah, sorry, Matt, I interrupted you. No, but they're worth having, like, Griquas, because they don't win matches, but they're, like, two or three players that score well, at least. Yeah, it's true. Like Berger and Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and so, we... Correction? Tafel Lager. Griquas. Griquas. Uh, let me, let me, yes, let me just be uh, accurate about that. Um, all right, so, I mean, we had some rugby over the weekend. We had the, what, the Curry Cup. Uh, there's a lot of... A lot of confusion about whether it's the same competition as Super Rugby Unlocked. Super Brew's treating it that way, uh, as as are other people, or it's not. Now, Fantasy Rugby, we're not. There was the final Tri Nations test between Argentina and Australia, Six Nations Rugby, and then naturally some news, as always, always news. So, I guess we shall start with the news, and I'm woefully um, unprepared for the news. I'm busy going through it. Do you guys have any... Uh, Should we vamp? Uh, any news? Um, so, vamp what? So what? vamp, uh, I, you know, just fill up space. Dead air. Um, Ant shared something with me earlier today. Oh. Uh, that Eben Etzebeth uh, looks like he's starting his own version of SpaceX. Oh, 
yes, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> Where he sent him like literally through the stands. Fuck, sent him into the first row. Um, but Elizabeth does this because this is also the man who didn't he break Bismarck's hip with one bounce? And confirm. Uh, you have to always re- relive these memories. <laughs> that was my favorite. Oh, that was still my favorite bounce of ever because I was had a mate also in Natal, a Sharks fan, and he just. The second that happened, I get this WhatsApp. No, 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 Bismarck wasn't ready. You could see his feet were wrong and all that. <laughs> like, they weren't even finished playing the slow-mo and he was already, like, defending Bismarck's honor there over WhatsApp with, like, four bullets stuck. Like, boom, 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 boom. So that even, one always sticks out. Jean de Villiers and Scott Whitford doing this little, like, lockdown challenge series. And anyway, they all, were asked, like, what's their favorite moment of 25 years of Super Rugby? And Jean de Villiers said it was that bound. <laughs> Look, it, it stands out because Bismarck was such a terrifying figure, and he still is. Uh, yeah, that was like 21-year-old Evan. You know? Yeah, and that was like Evan's like first or second season. Kid, yeah. No, it was. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, but this one's also quite. Yeah. So. Did, do you find? Oh yeah, you, Rich did share the Twitter video. Because yeah, mm, and, and yeah, for those. Who... Bad, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've seen the picture as well of him in the tunnel before one of the games, and you can only see about <laughs> chin. Yeah, you just sort of okay, see... Okay, I think he does not both fit into French rugby. <laughs> just, for, for, an, for a league that has that many Georgians, though, you'd think they'd be fine with someone Evan's size. Because he's not... Oh, is he actually... Is he in France? Yeah. I thought he was in Japan, but he no, bounced the Oaks so far, I'm like, this guy must be in Japan. No. Is that too long? Yeah, the, the guy he threw was 100 kilos. Yeah, yeah like, like, he didn't throw, like, a child. Yeah, he didn't throw a scrum off. He threw, like, a forward. <laughs> Level up. I think it was a, and he uh, made it look easy. <laughs> yeah, he made it look yes. stupid. <laughs> Just check this catch was skimming across. It was like. So if you're on Twitter, Google. What Google? I don't know. You can't Google on Twitter. Jesus. Search, Search for. <laughs> sorry, Oaks. It's been a long year. Search for even it's birth on Twitter. Uh, and in the video section in particular, you'll see what what we are t- talking about. I, I do actually have some other news here. We've had some news from Yuri Rue, the head of. So, he says in some sport 24 rugby unions will sink if fans aren't allowed back soon. And of course, this comes in report. They always have a good rugby stuff. Ruse said that the governing body was working on a plan to get the fans back into stadiums, which will be submitted to government for approval. Um, oh, Curry Cup, Super Rugby Unlocked, no fans are allowed. He did say that they, they hope that there will be spectators for the final in January 23rd that- at this rate. Of, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, Ed. Oh, sure. Um, for the final 23rd of January, that this rate will be Pretoria, for all we know, just because the Bulls look pretty good. Uh, with healthy social distances maintained, he added that the South African rugby would not survive further setbacks, and I quote, The fact is that rugby lives from hand to mouth. Every rand that comes in goes out to support the provinces or to keep our most important rugby programs, such as Springboks and Locals, going. In total, we had to cut 1.2 billion rand. Uh, that's from SRB Industries' budget to survive. There was the damage. The creditworthiness of the entities in the game is affected. Some people lost their jobs, and if it were not for COVID, the Southern Kings would still exist. I, I, I think the Southern Kings was a dying patient. Anyway, COVID was just a coffin that came in. So, uh, And then also, earlier this year, warned that if next year's British and Irish Lions tour to South Africa is called off, would be called off, excuse me, if no fans were allowed. I know from a governmental perspective, government here in South Africa, which is not that organized, has paid the money necessary to be part of the COVID-19 vaccine program looking at May, June next year. Coincidentally, just before the British and Irish Lions arrive in July. So, um, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I know the Brits, they've allowed some, some people back for Premier League games, but their system's a little bit absurd. And you, you were just going to chip in there? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, that plan will work or should work if they're going to stay in the big enough. But as long as they don't do it stupidly like they did, you know, if, you, if the English France game yesterday was going to go over, they had, maybe it was something like only 2,000 people in the stadium. But then they all put them yeah. in about three blocks. So they're all sitting like, because, you know, from the TV stick, they want visually it to look like the stadium is full. So instead of spreading them around the whole thing, they put them in two blocks anyway. So it completely defeats the point. I, I tend to no you make, you make a good point I was watching a game yesterday and my wife was just like why aren't these people wearing masks in the stadium it's kind of like so that's why I say that, I don't know it's a little bit silly it doesn't seem like there's a halfway thing full 
do you um being a very uh measured headed person judging by your fantasy record i'll, I'll keep noting this because you always do very well in, in, in fantasy um do you do you think it's reasonable to expect that we'll have fans back in the stadiums anytime soon particularly because there's a mini, a mini local outbreak happening in the eastern cape at the moment if all likely spread over the holiday season sorry it's not a very good tee up but uh what do you think I think realistically we're going to struggle to see fans. Like um, if we had limited numbers, I think it could work practically. Um, but I think just because of the way that our government is dealing with it, they would rather um, not risk it at all. So I, I, I doubt very highly that they would allow any spectators into the stadiums, especially as our numbers are going up, you know, during perhaps the second wave, at least in Cape Town and Eastern Cape. Yeah, that's, that's the irony. I mean, the South African government's going to be flaws, but in terms of their approach to COVID, they haven't done too badly. Um, it's just that there's major gatherings and bars and trekking spots that are, are seeing the rate spike. Matt, I mean, you're in Ground Central in Cape Town, the next COVID hotspot. Okay, no, I'm just talking crack. Um, but do, 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 you think, do you think we'll see fans? Look, I, I mean, here in Joe Vegas, people are responsible. Yeah. Um, and trekking spots, that sort of thing, so... Yeah, look, I live around the corner from a pub and it's a fucking nightmare. Like, cats are just, from like five, are just there, on milling on the street with no masks and shit. Which, which pub? Uh, Power and Glory. Oh, yeah. So, Is that really a pub? I thought it was a hipster hangout. No, uh, turns into a pub at night. They've got a small bar. Oh, okay. I think Movable Feast upstairs is also open. So that's also noisy. <laughs> they have a small bar. <laughs> sense the disdain <laughs> in in your voice. No, it's chill. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, I also saw an ad now on Facebook for Sturkinikos running fucking Akira and for IMAX and selling tickets. And it's a night I didn't even think they were open right now. And but yeah, apparently you can go watch a fucking movie. So mm. uh, yeah, I, I think they opened in like, like August. I thought they yeah. shut down again, but yeah, no, fuck. It's a nightmare. Like, yeah, they opened up just before Tenet came out, I think, and I was uh, debating it and tempted to go, but like, uh, I, I decided not. Yeah, like Akira is something. I really wanted to watch it, but I thought it probably just wasn't worth the risk. Yeah, like Akira. In IMAX <laughs> is deeply tempting, but yeah, I think I'm gonna skip it as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think I don't but, think we're okay. gonna see fans, uh, uh, uh. fans in fucking stands until after Curry Cup. I don't think we're going to see them for Curry Cup, definitely. Well, what is after that? I mean, it's British Irish Lions, basically. Yeah, it's fuck, like I hope we sorted out by British Irish that. Lions. Next, we're not playing Super Rugby, so when's the next tournament? When's the next time we play rugby after this? Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't even know what... We don't know what's happening at the beginning of, like, anything before the Lions tour. Like, Super Rugby is not happening. Pro 14 will only happen realistically anyway. if next year, at the end of the year. Yeah. So what what are people what are South African teams doing? Are they gonna just play? I think they did say they're gonna play like a a similar like SA Cup type of thing, but it's all in the air. Yeah, just another just another Super Rugby unlocked in Zanzi, I assume. Because I mean, shit, you can do that quickly from over like two months. They proved. Yeah, I mean, look, it'll be a good little warm-up tournament, worst case, before we play line. Because you know, all the provincial teams are still meant to be meant to play in line as well. So yeah. I'll yeah. get everyone. But it would also be a good idea to try and somehow host. Maybe not a bad idea, like host a couple of tier two clubs for like four weeks and just play play like a little round robin with like three tier two nations. Like get Georgia, get Fiji, and someone else. In clubs, or you mean like no union? Like so so to get the box playing like three test matches. Get like Fiji, get Georgia. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. That's yeah. That would be the best plan. And do like a four-team little mini round robin. You can crack, crash that out in like a month. Should we say Namibia should be involved? Just Alex yeah, get Namibia yeah. involved. Literally, no, refuse any tier one nation. Only if, like, it's going to be unfair, <laughs> we're going to dick on them, but it's going to be, I think, like, the benef- the other benefits, like the, the holistic benefits are going to be so much better. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a good chance. I think that should be our goal for next rugby after Curry Cup finishes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 
I agree. A long, a long way to go, yeah. as such. Um, talking about a long way to go from South Africa, anyway. We will go to New Zealand, where the um, Moana Pacifica MI All Blacks exhibition game over the weekend, which ended up 20-21 in, in favour of the uh, Maori All Blacks. Phil, I think you, you, you watched the game, didn't you? I just saw the highlights. I was a little bit disappointed, uh, despite you know proper ah. test match rugby being on. This was probably the match that I most wanted to watch on the weekend, but it wasn't on Super Sport, and I it was quite early too, so I wasn't prepared to go and find an alternative route. Um, yes. But just from the highlights, it looked pretty pretty good. Uh, there were a lot of impressive tries, and even the 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 two sort of um, the hacker and the the war dancers they combined like the Fiji Tonga and Samoan mm. into one beforehand that was pretty awesome too yeah yeah um, I just don't know on stuff.co.nz um, to quote there are strong feelings at both camps this is from the Maori and from Pacifica but then I had to push on hard with driving the unique cultural identities and challenges in rugby um, they're looking at 2022 for inclusion in Super Rugby or whatever version that they, they cough up with, they should have really put an extra. But of course, it's always about money uh, as well. But the both squads were full of a ton of exciting talent. Um, so it's just a pity that uh, Super Sport here in South Africa didn't carry it. Um, if they if Moana Pacifica enter a team, how competitive do you guys think they will be? Assuming well, they get time to gel the squad and all that sort of thing. I mean, it depends on which players they yeah like if they I mean, can get the squad that they used now it was heat exactly yeah their team was very strong but they, obviously all their players are you know almost all of them were super rugby level players so yeah. if they can get, get guys like Soakula and josh ioane and those sort of guys <laughs> they'll be really strong but the likelihood that somehow they can take away chiefs and highlanders and crusaders players is Again, money speaks, so it's probably pretty tough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think a lot of players would like to do that, you know, because they're culturally tied to it and stuff. And then I've seen Lavati, for example, playing the ABC. But, and again, they're not going to give up a lucrative contract at the Cairns or the Crusaders to go play for a team that's not going to pay them, you know. But it, it does need, I'm sure that, I think the demand is probably there and the desire is there, but, yeah. you know, the money needs to come. Um, and then I'm sure they'll get a lot of players who will jump in. Because, yeah, that. Ox definitely responded well to playing for that team as well. Yeah. So, uh, it was a mm. cool. Yeah, it was fun to watch actually. I watched like full. I watched highlights too, but that's just because I couldn't be bothered to get out of bed at half past seven. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. That's the only thing that I want to know. Having not watched the game. What's that? Did he cap, did he cap off the year of Ash Dixon? It, well, he did. He did. He, yeah, he won it. He led the Samari All Blacks. So he. He, he finished on a high. Sorry to spoil yeah, it. And he also led part of the hacker. It was uh, pretty cool because they don't do the same one as the All Blacks, so it's oh, yeah, like different. Yeah. But they also had like different leaders. So he did he led part of it and some of the other guys. So he was like front and center of the whole thing and he did score a rolling mall try as well. So yeah. I think oh, it's really capped three, off what's been an amazing year. year. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so he's had a lockdown was fucking generous to him. <laughs> yeah, like some people have won this year, and he's, he's one of them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, on the topic of New Zealand, this, this caught my attention. Apparently, because they're filming the Lord of the Rings TV show in, in New Zealand, apparently, Treasury officials in New Zealand considered bending rules so they could subsidize the, the TV show. And apparently, one of every $20 in the New Zealand budget is set aside for farm subsidies. Uh, which is uncapped, which is a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, and apparently, Jeff Bezos is going to get tons of cash. So. Uh, it's insane. It's the New Zealand government is giving money to the production. Yeah, because the headlines taxpayer grants to Lord of the Rings. They had me there. It's like, how do you pay, pay the Lord of the Rings? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so this is a very, very random aside. Um, apparently, the Bucky's Brewster, this is also from stuff, he had a brutal recipe to combat Richie McCaw and the All Blacks. No news there, in a way. It's about making the breakdown brutal. Apparently, in his new book, Hard Men of Rugby by Luke Upton, 
for his tactics against New Zealand proved effective. He played against all by 50 times between 2003 and 2014. He came away with eight wins and seven losses. How many Springboks have actually have a positive win record That's against all blacks? Eight wins yeah. and seven losses, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said that they were always the hardest opponents we faced against all blacks. And there was no better player than Richie McCall that came up against. The role was clear when playing against them, make the breakdown brutal. If a call any of the New Zealand boys had to take a moment to look out for me, then I knew I was winning. <laughs> well, when I played them, I always wanted them to know I was coming for them. And the biggest compliment I ever received was from Jake White, the current Bulls coach, who said he could see they had fear in their eyes during the game. Uh, I mean, he, he, as we all know, he had butted Jimmy Cowan. Yeah, that's um, the memory. I was well. about to say that that's the memory that I always associate Bucky's birthday in New Zealand with. I hit butting Jimmy Cowan on the ground while the ball's like miles away. Um, what, what is who was captain there? Because the captain was almost like, what happened? Well, what did you do? And he's Smith. like, it was at Smith, and he's like, what did you do? No, it's not that bad. And it popped up on fucking, on on the big screen. He's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen Bucky's in this like f- dog food advert in Victor Matfield? Oh, They're like on a farm lady. somewhere. Oh, like, he's quite large. Bucky's just fully lent into his poor lifestyle and is. Absolutely massive. Was Victor yeah. you know, being cycling off? He's saying mean, and the two of them just look so funny in the day because Bucky's is just. I mean, he's probably put on another 50 kilos since he was a player. I mean, you know, what is that? He's small. Yeah, I mean, the cameraman worked pretty hard to, to to shoot to shoot certain angles and then throw the stick on the on the farm in in the midi fields, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and Victor's hair continues just looks magnificent. It must be said. <laughs> Um, but yeah, is it, that, that's as Bucky saying New Zealand were hard to play against, and I guess we knew it. Must as be well. said if you're a Bulls uh, fan. <laughs> I, I, like at this point, Oaks, I just feel like saying I'm a Bulls fan just to get over this, even though I'm actually not. Um, but uh, anyway, apparently in Australia, we're going to go to the rugby now, but uh, actually, I, I did catch the anthems. The anthem sung before the Australia Argentina game was the first time. Uh, sorry, I need to find the actual proper details here. I don't want to screw this up. A verse was sung in the correct uh, Darug. I'm sure I didn't get that correctly. Or uh, it's D-H-A-R-U-G, Darug, in language. Um, and then the English version. And then happened in the Darug version during the week. The Wallaby sung both versions as well as Full Kearns, who, thank God, I'll raise this now. Um, he noted it's the first time at any Australian representative uh, match that this anthem was sung with both the English and Derug versions. There's some people in Australia complaining about it and all that sort of thing. Um, but good on Australia. That's all I can say. Actually. Yeah, it, Just, I uh, think it was it was probably my favorite part of the match, and I think I've only generally seen positive response to it, so maybe I don't follow the same sort of people, but um, I think it was quite well received, and um, I don't follow these people, it's just, it's just they, they didn't click the 80 headlines, so... I mean, like your fellow Bulls fans. No, the Bulls fans don't know there's anything else beyond Pretoria, Which headlines are you looking at, Adam? Are you looking at Fox's headlines, or...? Because I think no, stuffs. Stuffs. Oh shit! Because I saw Rugby Pass's headline was quite positive, and they were quite. Mm. No, I don't even positive stuff about it. Yeah. Which is like it. That's why I'm checking if it was okay. Fox, because that's the only one that tracks for me that it was a bad. Well, 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 what well, I read about it is that it's not going to be a universal version. Like you know, so for before the All Blacks, yeah, you know, they they've got the New Zealand anthem both in. Um, I'm not going to try and uh, pronounce the local language, but they prefer in, in New Zealand local native language and then also in English. They can't do it in Australia because the Aboriginal dialects are so varied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, you know, we have 11 na- official languages, but they've got, you know, I assume English is the only official language, but they couldn't, they can't do like a, an equivalent thing in Australia as they have done in New Zealand just because they are so many dialects. So it'll might be that, you know, they do the welcome to the country at each different stadium and then they'll do different like local versions to reflect mm-hmm. the local Aboriginal language, which okay. would be very interesting. That's pretty yeah, dope. I think that's right. That's pretty cool. Man. And I mean, I, I I guess it's really good to see like all of the players just taking part and learning the words. I think they they showed a video on Twitter, like the official Wallabies account as well, like during the week them learning all the words for this 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 particular anthem and just really. I think they said Dave Bruni's pushing this as like a culture, like embracing your culture and bonding and that sort of thing from it. 
That's pretty awesome. Another good thing Castle put into place. <laughs> yeah, we won't get onto all the good work Castle did, and then everybody's doing it from. Apparently, it was the NRL star. I don't know anything about NRL. His name is Lateral. Very lateral thinking, isn't it? Who's the name's the kid? Lateral. Lateral Mitchell. He was critical. Going it... blah, 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 blah. Apparently, Olivia Fox, who was the person who delivered the anthem, was 16 years old. And uh, she is a warrior jury woman and from Newtown High School of the Performing Arts. I don't know where that is. Maybe in Sydney? Maybe? But uh, yeah, good on Australia. I know we've. Uh, I mean, I've lived in Australia and we've just mm. uh, made fun of Australia, but a uh, good one. Also, the kids look kiff. I think I, I yeah, generally I'm... am, but I feel like this one could be better. Like they've I just sup- got the sleeves and mm-hmm. I don't like the green as much. Yeah, the green's just not... Like a... well, I think it's the green and the white. I like it more when it's actually our yeah. colors, when it's like the green and gold. Yeah, like yeah. The green exactly. and white just looks not as striking. It but... should be... It shouldn't be our colors. I think that's half the problem. Yeah. It looks really similar to the spring springbok green. Well, we'll call yeah. it that. But a uh, good good job. Moana, uh, Moana. Australia. On kids yes. though, Moana specifically had a fairly poor kit as well. Yeah, definitely. Like that's the most disappointing thing probably about. <laughs> yeah, they had like a white kit, like largely white with a with a Pacifica sort of design pattern on like the sleeves and a bit on the shoulders. In like a yeah. like a weird like light brown. It didn't look tight. It looked like shit. Literally looked muddy at some points as well. Like and it's disappointing. With Literally the... like shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just just the final word in Mitchell. His point was that even changing the words of the anthem doesn't change their meaning. So uh, he has since deleted the post. So uh, we'll leave that there. Uh, I'm sure it's a very contentious issue, for we know, but or not. This is only one. Viewpoint. Uh, more importantly, the Australia Argentina test match was the last that Fox Sports would be broadcasting in Australia. It will be the end of Phil Kearns' commentary stint. He is heading up to 2027. Yeah, All right, the Australia World Cup bird. Yeah, wait, let me let yeah. me just make a um, time we... code not mark it here. I'll put in celebratory <laughs> music. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He was so bad. Yeah. Like, I think I said on the group, like he, it's almost like he knew it was his last game, so he had to go out with a bang. And he, some of the stuff coming out of his mouth was just ridiculous. So Adam, there's there's where I saw negative comments in the media was him leaving. Everyone was like, "Thank fuck." Yeah, no, I, I saw a lot of that. I, I, I saw that. I saw a lot at his tenure being finished. Like, like, not not even like just like people on social media, but like actual like media companies like putting out articles of everyone's collective response that thank fuck he's gone it's just so bad like he i think he when the match starts going badly for australia he just sort of loses it and just starts like being so unprofessional and sort of you know sighing and making snide comments and all this stuff which is like what are you kidding this is like a professional broadcaster and he just like completely loses his cool didn't they who was I think they were complaining about the Scottish commentary box this weekend for similar. I didn't Scott watch. Normally that. pretty good at commentary. I, I mm. normally appreciate. That. I saw it on. Tw- I saw. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I saw a couple of guys, like a couple of Scots Scots fans, like like oh, it's a little bad. Like he's blatantly biased at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the English was the same as it's been for the last couple of weeks. It's just way overboard shining light up the English arc. I mean, at one stage, they, the, the commentator was basically saying, like, do you reckon if this English team played in the World Cup final, they would have won? And then the co-commentator was like, hey, just like, calm the hell down. Like, <laughs> they played the game and they got pumped. Like, they didn't have a plan B. Maybe they're slowly developing one now, but let's just show. Is it also, yeah, it's also, it is largely the same team. Yeah, it's the same team, and they're yeah, not doing significantly different. Uh, they're yeah. Different than they used to, but like, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's, 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 I suppose overall the global level of commentary is just not that great at the moment. I mean, the Kiwis are still, they're probably still just my favorite, but like, yeah. they're made mostly because of the banter, and they seem to know the rules a bit better than most, but. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, to be honest, I actually like Greg Clark, because he's the main guy, but it seems mm. like yeah, he always, he always just has to like, Rain, like rain the other guys in because the other guys are such idiots. So he's like the sort of straight. Because he's the only non-wallaby in there. Yeah, 
But he, yeah, he's a great broadcaster. Yeah, yeah he, he, yeah, well, the, the, you said the word there, and broadcast. He's the link man, in a way. Like a good, like in a commentary team, you need someone who can tee it up. Um, and, and most unfortunately, the, okay, sorry, the first word comes to mind, the colonization of commentary booths by ex-players has, mm. I mean, this is a, a drama beaten very, very often, so I won't go on it for too long, but it's kind of ruined the art of commentary. There's some guys who are good at it, 100%, uh, and something like, I mean, Ian Smith's been around for years, and you see them are pretty good, but it's when you get guys who feel like they need a shot, like, sorry, um, David Barry. He's always like, no, is, he, is that correct? No, there's someone else. I've definitely never heard of David Barry. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, <laughs> I have. I was like, no, have I missed it? No, there's a commentator for Supersport who, who just goes like, rrr, 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 he just like feels like he's shouting the whole time. Maybe um, Warren Brosnahan? Yeah, yeah that's Brosnahan. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you, I mean, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I don't yeah. mind him too much. It's fine. Like, not terrible. Yeah, but the bar is so low. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you put... Fair enough. I think he's improved right. a lot, but I remember like Owen and Kamani no, no, used to yeah. sort of start whispering when players were kicking for goal. And it just he made did no this weekend. He did it this weekend. <laughs> Maybe watched... he's still doing it, yeah. <laughs> I wa- he did it definitely during the Griquas game. He definitely did it because I watched. I heard him because I remembered. I noticed it this afternoon when I was watching the highlights again. I mean, to be fair, he is in the stadium, so maybe he's like, maybe he'll hear me. I'm gonna put him up. So yeah, he's listen. literally the one voice in the stadium. <laughs> I don't like, mind. I think. I mean, if if that's your biggest criticism of the commentary, that's not too bad. And it's a fun. It's a fun little quirk as well. I guess so, but I don't know. I feel like commentary, for example, is very banal. It caters to the lowest rugby denominator. Like, yeah. for me, I don't feel like I get a lot of value from well, South Africa's commentators. No. Not all the time. Like, like Victor Matfield... I mean, you don't even get the names pronounced correctly because you spend the time well, to some of us commentators. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. go yeah. Like, again, but... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I blame Ant for me not enjoying South African rugby as much this year because um, Bobo <laughs> commentates on, like, half of the games and he... Yeah, he's bad. I think he's probably the worst South African commentator at the moment. But like, mm-hmm. only his, he's, he's really good in studio, actually. Like, in, in the World Cup, he was offering good value in studio. So I don't quite know what happened in the yeah. commentary box. And you talk of improving commentators, Victor Manfield, in fairness, his first few English broadcasts, Afrikaans is his first language. I, I've noted this a few times. I wish I was fluent in Afrikaans. I'd love to chat to Victor Manfield about rugby in, in Afrikaans, which should be very enlightening. Um, so there's that caveat. But he's improved a lot. I feel like Sean DeVillers has a lot more to add, but he's just been, he gets sucked into the pretty crap banter that they get involved with. And I feel like New Zealand rugby is the same. Their, their level of commentary is dropping a bit, especially with Jeff Wilson and all that sort of stuff. They get dragged into the banter. We won't even talk about Stuart Bonds and all the crappy English commentators who are still 32 12 in it, you know, the whole time. But uh, anyway, sorry, I'd say this is a subject I can go on for much longer, and I will stop there. Quick couple of news items. Uh, the Cheetahs, they're going to lose the services of their forwards coach, Cornel Fonsale. He is going to London Irish. Apparently, negotiations between the 41 Fonsale and the club that an advanced stage, and it's just a matter of time before he puts pen to paper. He did extend his contract with the Cheetahs until June 2022, but uh, obviously the Cheetahs leaving the Pro 14 has made an uncertainty, so the South Africa continues to re-bleed rugby talents, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, very quickly, Matt, this one's for you. There's apparently a new Crusaders prop who can squat 255 kilograms. His name is Fletcher Newell, and he has a and he has a bit of ginger in his hair. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. He's one of four rookies in the Crusaders 38-man roster for 2021. Um, I think we'll probably discuss the rosters that we are just a bit tight for time already. Just very briefly, Braden Enor, he wasn't in the squad. He's missing the entire 2021 Super Rugby Aotearoa campaign, uh, while George Bush will miss half the season. Apparently, the four rookies are Tamari Williamson, Isaiah Punivai, uh, Chai Fiaki, and Fletcher Newell. Um, I'm just trying to see why. Oh, he's on rehab because of his knee that he uh, injured during the North-South game, while Bridge his chest. You'll only be back for around six against the Hardeners, April 2nd. Um, apparently, look, I think we need to chat separately about 
the the New Zealand Super Rugby squad is always very interesting. But Leicester um, find a guy who he'll be out there along with Severis, so the Crusaders are not lacking. Right to the rugby field. Wait, 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 wait. With... You left out important news. Ooh, what did I miss? The EPRU have announced a new coach. Mm. Oh. Ooh. Peter de Villiers, old Peter V himself, Snorra. I'm happy about this. It's I a... mean, screw the media stuff. It's like he's he, he's being. I don't know if it's true or not. I think he got kind of blackballed after the Springbok gig. Mm. Um, and I heard like the horrible shit he went through when coaching internationally. Was it wasn't Namibia? Zim... It was Kenya. Or something. Zimbabwe. 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 Oh, it was Zimbabwe. Um, yes, yes, they went through some horrible shit in Tunisia, uh, as an example. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So um, I'm just, just curious, right guy, I'm just curious who the fuck's paying his salary right now, because I don't know how much cash EPRU has. Yeah. I've like been paying his salary for the last 10 years. Like, guys, how's he still doing an income, or what's he been doing? He was, hasn't really had a proper gig. He's coaching UWC at one stage. Yeah, possibly. No, it's a weird one. But also just, I don't know, because I know the franchise and the and the union are separate. But still, mm. to what extent? Well, all the best to him. I, I, I feel like um, it's a tough one, just given the EP situation. But yeah. uh, the only way is up, I guess. Yeah, and he's also a good shot as a coach for there. I dig it. I dig him as an appointment there, a lot. Yeah. That, that that just being said, uh, I don't think. I mean, the players seem to like him. Um, I just think you got him. Yeah. Well, we can talk about the SRF media a lot. Very very quickly, the Western Force. They have signed three Pumas ahead of the 2021 season. Uh, they've signed Thomas Lozano, uh, Santiago Medrano, and Domingo Miotti. They'll join the team, um, and they've already signed uh, veteran Irish fullback Rob Kearney as well so that joined that so moving on to speaking of argentina the game against australia another draw uh reese hodge missed another late penalty being a bit harsh on hodge um they said i've never kicked internationally at rugby but i felt like australia had the game in control no no i take that back was the other way? no that was the first game what, what did you guys think just as of, of the game it was okay it wasn't it wasn't Argentina's most interest, interesting game. Just like they did a lot of the things from their first New Zealand game, like they were doing, but they just, I don't know, it wasn't as interesting and fun to watch, for me. Yeah, yeah, I think Australia really should have won on the balance of things. Like they, the first 20 minutes or so, they, they had like 100% possession and they got penalty after penalty and didn't take any of the points. And then Marcos Kramer got a yellow card. So they they were a man up and then decided to take the points, which was a bit bizarre. Um, so, yeah, they did. It seemed like they did enough. It's just like Australia were not playing smart rugby at all. Um, and I mean, the best part the of the match. Yeah, exactly, for sure. And then I mean, it didn't it's, help, it's, uh, obviously, getting yellow cards and red cards later in the match. Yeah. But who's come under repeated criticism for making bad decisions? And you know, it's just like, I mean, I think everyone can respect him as a player, but as a captain, he doesn't seem to make good decisions a lot of the time. And this is yet another one. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, that's I, fair. I feel quite bad for Reese Hodge because he's missed three match winning penalties this year, which is quite Yeah, a, he's also quite not a like a. Exactly, he's, and he's not like a normally a sort of first choice kicker. Normally, he's the guy who takes the, you know, the long kicks, the 50 to 60 meter kicks. Yeah. Whereas you have your fly half who's more precise. But Australia's kicking depth is just so shit at the moment. Even at franchise level, they have like, you know, the Reds if they're not playing Bryce Higgerty, they're like missing most of their kicks. So I don't know what's uh, going on uh, there. But... But yeah, yeah, I mean, if you think you miss one, that was, you know, the one against you is even fair enough, it was 16 years out. But then the last two is just like, mate, come on, you need to do a bit better. I mean, maybe it's uh, him and own fouls can share a beer sometimes. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Hmm. Um, 
But Del Gee's try was awesome. I think that was Ooh, the best part. That yeah. Was so yeah. Good. Because oh, like, like, one of the best parts of the try was the maul. Like they, they had a line out in their own 22 and they somehow mm. managed to maul it up to about the halfway line before um, the scrum up. Ezkura, I think, yeah. passed it off to Delgi. Yeah. And then, yeah. so it's like running it from your own 22 and then ending in a try is pretty awesome. And then obviously the handoff. The handoff from Hasami was just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was textbook. It was the handoff and then the finger in the air and then the dive. It was like, perfect. Yeah. No, it was fine. No, definitely. Did anyone watch the CG Georgia game? I got caught highlights of it and even as a Georgian fan I must say I'm sad I missed out on Fiji playing this tournament. I saw like yeah, the first half an hour too. Yeah, Nadolo's try in well, trying the beginning was fucking disgusting. The first one. one. The first one that yeah. that like one after <laughs> seventy seconds. Yeah. But I mean having a backline with Rodrigo Twistover and Nadolo is just I think that's unfair. Like, because, I mean, the build up to that first try was first to over running through about six people. Yeah. And then they just spread it wide to Nadolu, who's going to run through another four people. Like, there's just not enough players on the pitch to tackle those guys back to back. That's why. And that's... especially for a team like Georgia, I think, because their specialty is like their big forwards. Their backs are a bit lightweight. So you, you've got like lightweight backs against the biggest sort of backs you can find anywhere. Yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah. it, it creates a bit of a mismatch. Yeah. It was lovely to see Nadolo get a hat trick back on his first game. You know, mm. it was just lovely. But yeah. I mean, two sober, that try that he set up was also insane. That run down the touchline, also with a massive handoff, and then four guys trying to tackle him, and then it just offloading to the side. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, no, it was I very lucky. Okay. I think we all missed out on seeing him play more regular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah well, Corey V. It, it had other ideas, unfortunately. I think England, they beat France. Um, but with the other results... England... I mean, that's quite a... Wait, wait, let Yeah, also, don't just say England beat France. England beat France under-20s, essentially. Yeah. I think on their bench, they had one player with more than 10 caps. So, and they beat them in the extra time only. Yeah, so the French... Well, with the try on the... And then, you know, in extra time. The 15th minute of extra time. So, at home with the eight. Yeah, and, and some dodgy decisions to boot. I think the French squad yeah, had that's... sixty-eight caps to altogether. <laughs> and England had like five hundred or something. Yeah. Is that including like? Is is that including the fifteen caps they got on the day? <laughs> oh fuck! I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was silly. I mean, in the, in the, the, the again, the French were just so in control. They defend was unbelievable. I mean, there was a period from just before half time to maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes into the second half. The English were on the line for maybe 10 minutes in total and just couldn't get over. So I think they took three points out of it or something. And it was just, for a side with that little experience and no first choice players, it was unbelievable performance. But I think we can also just mention that how stupid the French club to offer their test players for only three matches out of a four match tournament. Yeah. That maybe they were. They, they were banking on them not making the final, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, oh, we're... No, but, no, but everyone played this weekend, didn't they? Because the, the team yeah, two no, came they, forward yeah, played. They did. Everyone played this weekend, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, it was just it was a crazy game. The French did really, really well. Um, yeah, and England, leaving it until literally the last minute of full time just to scrape the draw. And then 15 minutes into extra time to finally take it. And as Phil said, with quite a lot of very dodgy decisions. Um, leading yeah. up to both the try and into the final penalty, which is yeah. a bit strange. Yeah, even in normal time, it looked like a clear sort of Bunipola knock on just, uh, yeah, I mean, just before their England scored their last try. So it was super dodgy. Yeah. yeah. But it's exciting for France. I mean, for England, I'm not taking... I mean, somehow people are saying this is now... England are now definitely the best team in the world after a very rapey, dodgy year. But, like, I don't think England have been particularly good this year. Um, 
that somehow they're the best in the world. Whereas France are looking really good. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I'm super excited. I would say France, France have a lot more growth in them than England. Okay. Um, well, I guess I guess we can leave it there and then go to matters closer to home here in South Africa. The Curry Cup uh, continued. You had the Lions versus Western Province, Pumas, Griquas, and also the game that apparently Phil wanted to wanted to end his rugby life over with all the scrums. I know that was the Lions game, uh, which was the Cheetahs versus Bulls, I think. That wasn't that game, though. No, Cheetahs weren't a bad um, this weekend. It's Creekers and Pumas, Adam. That's Cheetahs it. played... Uh, oh, Cheetahs played... Who was Cheetahs the bye? Sharks or the bye? Sorry, yeah. yeah. Sharks or the bye. The game that I was getting frustrated was oh. with Lions, Western Province, and that's sort of just because of the mismatch between the level of the front rows. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, well, I'm, I have to jump off okay. pretty much now. For... Okay. For dad duties, so no I, I don't want to get too stuck into into the rugby. Okay, um, so then, I, 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 oh, what I'm saying is, I'm going to regret saying this. The Bulls are looking good for the title. So, we 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 expected nothing less. So. I've I've already I've already made a timestamp to isolate a soundbite. <laughs> well, on on the the Skype calls 5226. No, no, the one, no, 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 the important ones at 28.03, actually. Where he's loving on Victor Matfield here? No, uh, the what? one where he just straight up said, I'm a Bulls fan. <laughs> so this <episode's> <laughs> yes, well. I'm a Bulls fan. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll, I'll make it even easier for you. I'm a Bulls fan. At this point, for you, for you, for just for you people, I'm a Bulls fan. Guess what I'm, you know, guess, I'm actually... Guess what clip yes. I'm playing before the, before the song, even this episode. Me saying, uh, I am a Bulls fan. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that it? Yeah, nice so and clear for you. This is our Spartacus moment, I guess. <sighs> or, or you can call it the fun starter moment, the Escort moment. He scored two tries over the weekend. Um, okay, I'm going to leave it there. i got to go. Cheers. Thanks very much. Apologies. I know we ran a little bit I'm late. I'm going to step off here as well then, if you don't mind. Okay, um, no, that's fine. I'm going to arrive home, so I'll be Okay, let's say cheers, Adam, and cheers, Ant. Thanks for yep. joining us. Yeah, cheers, guys. Phil, yes. I will cover this as best we can and then hang up as well. Wrap up the SA <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Okay. Cheers, cheers. So let's start with Nelspreet on Friday night. Yes. So, Chronological is good. Chronological is always best. Um, so not to spoil it, but Stonehouse was fucking excited and happy at the end of that match. <laughs> I remember they showed a shot of him. Jesus Christ, he was happy. Um, yeah. Winners or win. Yeah. yeah, and I think they haven't. They've been struggling. Oh no, Griquas haven't won a game yet. I think they've picked up two now. Yeah. And I think this match, the Griquas like showed that they had a lot more in them. They maybe should have won. So I think yeah. that's why Stonehouse is so excited. Like they managed to like keep this one. Yeah. I think... Um. Somehow. Yeah, they didn't play all that well. I think Griquas maybe played better. Yeah, no, they definitely... This Williams at 10 is not good for the Pumas. Yeah, it's like, um... He, I think he's good at passing. So yeah. he's got... But, he, but he's, he's like a super risky passer, so he takes the risks. But he's just not, like, um... He doesn't control the game enough, I guess. It's the same yeah. as, like, putting any... It's the same issue, I guess, to some extent we have with Willemser. Like, yeah. you know you know is a great player. You know he's going to step people. He can pass really well and all of that. But in terms of, like, managing the game you're losing out yeah he just doesn't have that um, like experienced logistic mind yeah but He's... they despite that they managed to still you know come away with the win yeah um you were saying earlier like there's always some Greekers players who do well um i think since the beginning even of the super rugby unlocked edwan cater i think we both heat. have them in our fantasy team yeah he has been really good like, like he's it... he's He's just the type of wing who he gets the ball and he's always looks exciting and he's yeah. also scored quite a few tries he's Try he scored the one, yeah the one try he scored in this one was filthy where he cut in and like down the middle of the post and like he just yeah. ate that gap and then just because it was just yeah. shy of the twenty two it was he still had quite a run like fifteen exactly. I think he was like fifteen out and just cut through this massive gap in the middle of the field very impressive but yeah. I think it was Berger who also noticed the gap and Berger's also Berger's a sharp little number nine I must admit yeah 
I think him, yeah, him and Keita are probably there. And some of their forwards, too, have also been, like, putting their hands up. Mm. Um, um, yeah, and... Uh, fuck, I'm going to say it wrong. Macaulay, he's been a beast this last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's true. I think his work rate, especially, like, if you look at the stats, he's always, like, lots of runs, lots of tackles, that sort of thing. Yeah. He's been very um, busy last one. I'm happy to see that. Because it's nice to see props coming up from the smaller franchises. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, Verity Am at the back, he he had a he didn't have an amazing game overall, but he had ver- one or two very nice runs where he mm. got the ball and just sort of made things happen from nothing. Yeah, he was one that I actually kind of wanted to try and get into my squad, but I just couldn't budget enough to justify <laughs> him. Yeah. Because he picked he's picked up I think a good hand. Because he picks up not quite one a game, but at least once every two games a try, which is. And, but he also just takes the chance, like from the back. So whenever another yeah. team kicks to him, you yeah. know, at least once or twice in the game, he's gonna make a run and get like twenty good... or thirty meters per run. Yeah. So yeah, no, he was a yeah, he's a good shot. But yeah, that was a, I enjoyed the game and I enjoyed watching the highlights again today. And yeah, I think you've <laughs> got to just feel bad for the Grecos at the end of this. Yeah, that was their chance to really get a win. Now, after losing to the second time to the Pumas, you just don't really know when else they can win in this tournament. Because they, they've had the Sharks in Kimberley already, so they're playing the Sharks in Durban. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, uh, yeah, obviously anything can happen, but it's, uh, it's a big ask to go to Durban. I, I think they did it last year, so hopefully they can. Because yeah, I know, yeah, like, just sucks for the Sharks, but the Sharks just somehow just have that bad vibes in Kimberley. Yeah, <laughs> it's great for everyone else. <laughs> everyone else loves it, but yeah, sucks for Derby. There, there was just the other one thing in this game that was quite funny. I think I tried to post a video of it where Tina's to be at oh. the fly half. He had like oh. to kick um, for touch uh, to get a penalty, and he was five meters away from the touchline. And somehow he scuffed it so much that it went straight to the scrum half. <laughs> yeah, like they just like ran like a good couple of meters. Oh god, yeah. You did post that video. It was so ridiculous. That, oh. that, that made me laugh. <laughs> it's the most Pollard-esque thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, and let's go first game. Let's, with that, let's move on to... The Saturday. Saturday afternoon, where the Bulls drummed the Cheetahs. Fucking... Yeah. You, sucks for the Cheetahs. <sighs> yeah, it was... Re- disappointing here just like watching the cheetahs they, it seems like they've gotten worse and worse with every single match since the beginning but they're, they're squad, they're, i mean technically their squad has gotten worse and worse they've lost players with every single round that's true that's true but they've also just lost their fluency like they still have guys like speckman and blomkies and france yeah. stain especially i thought was really poor this weekend yeah. um and he started off so well and he was like the sort of glue you know when you have guys like Speckman and Blomakis, you know it's going to be sometimes a bit of hit and miss because they're going to try so much. Whereas in the first games, like, Prontstein was stable, calm, keeping it all together. And I think he must have knocked up the ball on, like, three or four times this weekend. He was just yeah. not having a good game. Mm, no, not ideal. And there was another one. Yeah. And it's also a pity after Chris Smith doing so well last week to have Warnay Stain back. Yeah, that's true. Saying that Chris Smith came off the bench, it's quite a nice try too, yeah. I guess. But uh, Monet Stain was him, his same old self, just you know, like steady. Yeah, like he good. doesn't add much; he's just but, stable. Yeah, and um, I think as Adam said, is maybe his favorite player, Mark Van Staden, scored two tries. So yeah. I know, like for our fantasy league, <laughs> we said, oh, he's not going to be as good anymore because we're not counting turnovers. But and he's um, just scoring tries now. <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, he's changed his he's changed his his key key performance indicator to fucking tries now. <laughs> yeah, he pulled everyone. Does anyone even have him? I don't think anyone has him. Because one. he was so expensive. Yeah. He was like <laughs> he was probably is now still. Because he was definitely yeah. like up top five for like expense expensive players. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Anyway. Um yeah. But otherwise, the Bulls, I think the Bulls forwards just sort of were bigger and better than the Bruce State Yeah, I missed, uh, I missed after Nyukane got uh, subbed off. On? Yeah, no, because he started on the bench, and so yeah. the Bulls were actually poor in the scrums before. Yeah. And it's happened in every single match. It, I'm struggling to make sense of it, because Marcel Fenomova came from 
Toulon, I think, or Toulouse, one of the two. Yeah. So he's like been at one of the best French teams, and he's played like seven times for the Springboks. But every time he's been on the field this year, he's like just given away penalties at every single scrum. Even like they were saying, I think this is the second or third time that they've had to bring on Trevor Nyakani early just because you know yeah. to stop the bleeding. And Nyakani's been great. Like every time he's come off the bench, it's yeah. almost like the game changer. Maybe that's the thing. They just lull them into a false sense of superiority <laughs> and then bring on the Groove Meister himself. Yeah. Smart tactics. Sounds like a Jake White thing to do. Yeah. Classic, classic Jake the Snake. <laughs> but yeah, so... Not a bad... No, I don't know. Okay game overall, I think. Yeah. I mean, it does look like the Bulls are most likely going to finish top of the log, but obviously for the Curry Cup, there's semis and finals, so I guess anything can happen, Yeah. E- even if they have home advantage, you know. Yeah, on on their day, a number of the other teams could beat the Bulls. I mean, one can hope. Yeah. And then, should we discuss the last game of the weekend, the one that got you absolutely frothing? <laughs> yeah, I really didn't enjoy this game. The Lions... Even though the Lions beat Province, um, it was a tough game to watch. The Lions sort of were just hitting their penalties. Um, I don't think the Lions actually gave away that many penalties at scrum time, but I think they should have. Like just There were times where Kitschoff absolutely obliterated, I think it was Ruandrea. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, you, you'll know better than me, but they said that the Stormers were wheeling because Kitschoff was driving it all the way around but the other side was staying still so the ref gave the penalty against Western Province because Kitschoff they said was wheeling the scrum but it's just because he was obviously dominating and the other side wasn't so I don't know how you go straight if only one side is you know Um, but to to me even as a Lions fan it looked pretty clear that Kitschoff was getting the upper hand that they penalized him a few times yeah no look it's unlucky and Look, graphing at scrums is a nightmare. I'll, I'll give it that. So even if Kitsofia <laughs> yeah. is honestly, but yeah, because all Dreyer has to do to like to protect the thing is just make sure Kitsof stays outside him, so then he will wheel ultimately. Okay. Like Dreyer yeah, just has I'll... to make sure that like Kitsof's pressure stays on the outside, and then he'll spin around rather than go straight. Because yeah. especially at loose heads. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a bizarre game that I think Western Province really should have won. Like, for whatever reason, they took off, like, Kuliti, Kitschoff, Malherba, Umbanambi. They took off, like, all their leaders, I guess. Like, all their sort of mm. more experienced players. So, like, in the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes, they... I don't know if they were tired or if it was the altitude, but there was a moment where the Lions, before they got the penalty, where they were trying to score. And the ball, like, went loose. And it seemed like it was loose for literally like 10 seconds. And none of the <laughs> Western Province guys were willing to jump on it. So it just seems like they ran out of steam. And they had like nothing uh, to give at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, Steon Pinar's try was just really nice. Because he took a quick tap from like the 22. And just sort of ran through and scored. He's been like one shining light. At least for the Lions this year. Mm, the Lions have been poor. I see Similani's done like nothing this game. Yeah, he just uh, he got taken off relatively early, I think at about 60 minutes, and he just didn't really do anything. He, uh, he I don't know, he, he had the ball once or twice, but he, yeah, they either shut him down or he just, you know, ran into a, a dead end or something. Okay. No, fuck. I don't know. And, I'm, and it's such a money sink to have him on my fucking squad as well. <laughs> I think every single person has him, so he got like minus four this this week. <laughs> so everyone took a hit. Yeah, like but all it's, our scores look so bad. All our scores look so bad, plus we've got like half a million tied up in him as well. Or less than half, <laughs> yeah. like just under half a million. <laughs> yeah, if only people went for Mark Finstaden instead of Somalani. You know. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. But yeah. who knows? Um. Yeah, I was going to say Yandre Rudolph was there for the cheap, the poor man's marker for starting, but he did shit this weekend as well. Yeah, he didn't do anything. Yeah, because he, he, yeah, he's normally good for a carry or three. Yeah, he, he and he's good at, because he's got that like combination of like really strong, but also some pace, so he busts yeah. tackles like every time he, he sort of gets going. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, not a bad weekend, I think, for Curry Cup. Not like last weekend. I think, it, uh, on a whole, an improvement from last weekend. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, the quality is still quite poor, I would say. It's even, like, everything, whether it's the 
um, refereeing, commentary, and the playing itself. It's it is quite poor at the moment, but mm. hopefully, yeah, like maybe maybe improving week on week. So hopefully, by the time we get to the latter end of it, it will. Boxing despite day. playing Ooh. in the, yeah, despite playing in like 40 degrees or 50 in Kimberley, maybe. Oh, <laughs> you know. Can you imagine? Oh, it's gonna be a gonna disaster. Be They're gonna play like 15 minutes and then stop, and then not even 10. They're gonna play like yeah. eight, eight, eight fucking eights. Yeah, ten minutes and then a water break. Ten minutes water break. Yeah. Fuck. No, I'm actually, but I'm keen for it. I'm looking forward to it. And I think with yeah. that, let's let's with that positive note, let's yeah. wrap things up and say goodbye. So Phil, thanks for joining me this far. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah, no, it's always a pleasure. Um, <laughs> everyone else who was who's listening this far as well, and hopefully didn't bail with Adam and Ant as well and just decided <laughs> I wonder if we lost <laughs> half our list half our listeners also switched off yeah um, big Adam fans yeah, Adam big, draws all the Adam he's draws. the big draw he clearly is he's that professional professional experience that he brings to the table um, yeah. yeah so thanks everyone for listening and yeah find us on Facebook we've been posting the episodes there again we get we get a bit of engagement it's been fun hearing from everyone hearing from the guys who do listen so keep yeah. that up and yeah everyone cheers cheers <laughs>